Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. All right, Evan, I have a question for you. Yes. Uh, I would ask you as well, Brad, but you're just going to tell me to piss off, so I won't actually ask you. Would you prefer an 8.30 a.m. meeting on a Monday or a 4 p.m. meeting on a Friday? I I have 8.30 meetings every single day, so I'm not a 4 p.m. guy. Someone booked me for a 4 p.m. last week, and I was not impressed. That is right at the start of happy hour decline and send response <laughs> yeah unfortunately when it's like senior people who send those invites i'm like oh crap no leverage it's funny when you're on a call and uh, you're like all right we have to meet again before you know so and so date and then someone goes all right what time are we all free and then everyone goes silent because you know the only time you're all free is at like 4 15 yeah i say just check my calendar that gets yeah. me out of it how about you brad <laughs> <sighs> What were your work hours today? Uh, 11 to 7.30. That's not bad. Okay, ask me what time I got up. No, I won't do that. Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. I'm Ryan <laughs> Hanna. I'm tired. And I'm Ray Charles, the golfer. <laughs> he, shot a 70, he shot a 77. And he's saying he... May- <laughs> I, I'm, the coo- I'm like the, the ocean spray off the tee right now. I couldn't hit a ball straight off of a tee. If my life depended on it, if, if we, if I hit the ball straight, if the bet was, if I hit the ball straight, we would get Lafreniere. It would never happen. I can't, <laughs> get, I just can't get hit a ball. Marco Rossi. As soon as it, yeah, we, we get Cole Perfetti with the way I'm driving the ball. Play oh, for the fade. Oh, oh man. I play for it. <laughs> um, the, uh, the hockey world is, uh, still in that that phase of everything is moving but literally nothing has changed um which is like that fun position that we're in but honestly who can be mad the sun's been out it's been some nice weather i have my windows open right now it's beautiful it's outside nice. yeah it's been real good so hope everyone's been enjoying the sun before we start though uh i wanted to take a second and um you know recognize everything that's happening in central michigan right now um obviously with the dams uh being breached um and all the flooding over there so hopefully anybody who's uh listening uh who's from there hope you're all safe hope everyone uh is safe and and keeping well and um obviously a lot of terrible devastation and um that's never a good thing but like nobody in the world needed that right now um and so you know we're going to try to find ways to support and just keeping you all in our thoughts and please stay safe and 2020 for the love of God, please just relax for two seconds. It's not cool anymore. All right. This episode of the podcast, what do we have? The usual. I haven't changed these notes on my notepad here. I don't think in a month. We'll talk about the June draft. Any updates? We'll talk about return to play. Uh, Actual updates. updates. Yeah, actual updates this time. And we are t- we will do our uh, prospect profile um, and talk prospects for a little bit before a very full um, overtime, which is exciting. So lots of questions for you guys today. And uh, we're going to do a new thing this time. Evan has to answer every single question. All oh, God. <laughs> no, thanks. You think I'm willing to sit around here till midnight, Ryan? It's going to be just you and Evan answering those questions. I'm sorry. You think Evan answering the questions would take a long time? Have you met Brad? 
Uh, yeah, but here's the thing. Uh, Evan's just another voice to the thing. So it's not going to be me and you answering and then Evan. It will be you and Evan replacing me. That's you guys know I'm in bed at 10 o'clock every night. So we are at the one hour mark right oh, now. Again, I wish you both luck with your goals for that. Uh, okay, let's start with the June draft, which is, um, you know, since last episode, it seems more and more unlikely, or I should say less and less likely that this is going to happen. Um, and the gist of that is, is that the NHL put something forward. They were met with enough opposition from uh, teams with vested interests in the draft lottery, and then they kind of backed uh, down from it, which was... Uh, to summarize, uh, a kind of a surprise because the way it was framed at first was that the NHL was very gung-ho about it and they said, this is happening, you have to get used to it because of the benefits that came um, financially and attention-wise to get them uh, the league on the map while literally nothing else was happening in the world. Um, Brad made an excellent point in the last couple episodes, which is that that window is gone. Uh, by the time they have this draft now, other sports will be happening. They won't have that kind of exclusive uh all eyes on us situation that the nfl had so sucks i think that's the uh nhl missed a big opportunity there they're just kind of falling over themselves to pick the worst possible choice but this is coming from a biased red wings fan who stands to uh benefit from their proposed rules so i digress we can still benefit the later it goes because of all the revenue the league lost by not doing this it's going to reduce the salary cap which means the detroit red wings cap space becomes that much more valuable to weaponize. Not as much of a silver lining as if we actually went in June, but a silver yeah. lining nonetheless. Yeah, and the important thing to remember about it is like, this was never actually a thing that was afforded to the Red Wings or the Senators or any of their fans. Like, this was just something that was put forward. Sucks that th these teams missed out on it, and, and we all missed out on watching that as fans, but it was never really part of the rules, so nothing was really taken away. It's just kind of a missed opportunity, and that's it is what it is. Um, and you know what? We finished recording last episode, and the moment I was uploading, I was like, I got too worked up about this. It's, these teams are they're going to always have these arguments, and the NHL is always going to do something unexpected and, and not aligning with what we think is best. And uh, that's just life and the the red wings still have a crazy good chance at first overall relatively speaking and if not there's some crazy good prospects which is why we're covering so many of them um one thing that i want to kind of double back on and challenge one of my arguments from before which was that uh any team that was included in this supposed 24 team uh lottery or sorry playoff I said they automatically should be excluded from the draft lottery. And that was something I felt very passionate about. And then I read a little bit more about the rules of this proposed 2014 playoff. And we're going to dive into that on its own on the next topic here. Uh, but in general, it's kind of, it's still pretty much a 16 team playoff, but there's just a very brief play in to those playoffs. So in essence, that play in is supposed to represent the last 10 to 12 games of the season. To clear up, you know, um, the point discrepancies between those teams that were on the cusp, which is a good argument in my mind, as much as it pains me to say for our, uh, from the league and from those fringe teams to say, no, if we don't make this 16 team playoff, then we should be part of the lottery. Yeah, yeah. if you don't make it, you're in the lottery. That kind of just makes sense to me. 
And I think in my mind, what I was expecting was like a genuine 2014 playoff with like a little bit more of a concerted play in rather than just like one or two games. But if it's yeah, you shouldn't big, get yeah, your cake and eat it too, right? Like if you're going to be have a chance to play in the playoffs, you shouldn't get lottery odds. But if they do the play in and you don't get in, sure, you should be part of the lottery, whether it's a minuscule percentage or not. Well, let's just stick to math then and and let's talk about what's fair is fair right now uh, according to most models you look at if the pandemic never happened the montreal canadians would have roughly a one percent chance at making the playoffs under the current proposed model that is being thrown around by a lot of major outlets the montreal canadians would play a best of three or a best of five uh, play-in series against the fifth-seed Pittsburgh Penguins. What percentage odds would you guys give Montreal on winning that series? Ten. Montreal and who? Pittsburgh. Not great. <laughs> give Not me a number. Out of 100. Out of 100? Yeah. 15? It's the NHL. It's probably more like 30. Okay, so if it's between 15 and 30... They just bumped up their one percent chance of making the playoffs uh, by fifteen to thirty times. So if they're going to complain about their draft lottery odds being reduced, that should be thrown back in their face because now under a twenty fourteen playoff, the regular season meant almost nothing other than for the seven teams who missed. Because especially because these play in series are not going to be seven games they're not going to be fair how many times have we seen if it was a best of if the first round of the playoffs was a best of three series every year the o2 red wings are swept in the first round no don't, don't joke about that so it, as as low as the odds might be for montreal to beat a pittsburgh or a chicago to beat an edmonton or whatever it's higher than 10 percent. it's 25 30 40 percent in a lot of instances so teams that had arbitrary like realistically no chance of making the playoffs are now getting severely inflated odds of making the playoffs getting that playoff revenue and getting a chance so uh, after i was reading into that today screw fairness on the draft lottery because the other half of theirs isn't fair so if anybody's gonna say we want our shot at lafreniere that's great but it doesn't matter because you're now you've got a 30% chance at a playoff spot when it was a 1%. Now I know those odds don't hold up for every team and that's the extreme because I'm picking the 12th seed in the East, but I mean, the Rangers odds couldn't have been much better. So Florida's a little closer, but still their odds of Lafreniere were even further. So I don't know. I I'm, I was on the opposite side of this argument with you, Ryan, where these teams arbitrarily probably they, they want Lafreniere more than they want to win one playoff round i appreciate uh, you arguing on the on behalf of past ryan that's a new one but i yeah, will accept it and it is i but i still think i agree with my original stance but at no point now am i going to let the word fair be used in this argument from either side no not- <laughs> because it's not fair to the seven teams that missed the playoffs that are not even getting a chance at a play in, not getting the playoff revenue 
I know it's not going to be gate, but you still get money from ads, viewership, sponsorships, whatever you want. Those seven teams aren't getting it. The other 24 are. So where the those teams lose in draft lottery odds, they win in actual money. <laughs> so yeah, if we're going to do a draft lottery, it damn well better o- include only those seven teams like to win that miss the playoffs. Unless there is a much more elaborate revenue sharing program going on with these seven teams who aren't getting it. Uh, now, there was one other point about the draft before we move on here, which is that there um, is now discussion of, wait for it, a July draft. We are just pushing this one month every four weeks. The NHL can't make up their mind. Guess what? For the next four weeks, we're going to talk about a July draft until a July draft doesn't happen. And then we're going to talk about an August draft. Like, this is so stupid. <laughs> I think I'm your- actually going to change my note now to say July draft. There we go. Change it from June to July. Um, what was the rationale behind it, though? Because it was this one actually kind of made a little bit of sense. So the big thing is the NHL wants to capitalize on what would have been NBC's Olympic schedule. If you're changing your name, so am I. All right. Um, so all the TV time that NBC had blocked out for Olympic sports in July, the NHL could use that, capitalize on that, because why not? Um, the one logistical thing that isn't revenue related that's starting to get talked about that wasn't a big point before is what happens with the players who are actually drafted. Because if this draft is an October-November draft, odds are at least a couple junior leagues around the world would have started up. Whether the leagues themselves have started or these teams are in training camp preseason, whatever, who knows. What happens if the Red Wings are picking fourth they draft Tim Stutzla. They want Stutzla to go to Grand Rapids like Cider did last year, but he's already played three weeks with Adler Mannheim. What happens there? The Red Wings don't want him there, but he's already playing there, established himself, et cetera, et cetera. Do they pull him from his team, from his comfort zone, and just chuck him midseason in Grand Rapids? Uh, or what? And it's same thing with Lafreniere. Do teams that pick him? Does whoever picks him first overall, they're likely going to want him to come straight to the NHL. If he's already played a month or two in Ramuski, I mean, do you want him playing, let's say, eight junior games and then a full NHL season after that? There's there's going to be a lot of logistical complications with the players themselves, ignoring the revenue, ignoring the viewership, ignoring uh, how everything's going to be configured, ignoring the arguments about fairness. These players themselves that are going to be drafted, their seasons are always influenced by whoever takes them because teams will push a player to the CHL or the NCAA if he's undecided. They'll push them to the Euro Leagues or the AHL, et cetera, et cetera. If the season starts before the draft, they get no say in that. So this is why they're still talking. We're not doing a June draft, but we might do it during the playoffs. And the league is also working with teams to figure out sliding contracts that were supposed to end um, on June 30th slash July 1st, which is typically what happens with you know scouting groups, uh, certain front office people, because that's kind of when the year rolls, excuse me, rolls over. Um, 
scouts obviously finish up with the draft at the end of june which means uh, that that's when they would set their contracts to end um and so the nhl is gonna have to work with the teams to work with those people to slide their their existing contracts for anybody who's up to make sure that they're able to uh, retain those people for the draft which is almost certainly not happening in june now so that's another logistical hurdle that's the league has to take care of um that's again depending on how passionate you want to be about this and i certainly have been in the past that's something that could have been remedied by by forcing a june draft but i do as usual digress all right a 24 team play in playoff proposal is gaining even more steam uh, with the nhl and it is said to have gone to a proposal to the nhlpa at this point or at least uh, it's at that stage where the NHL and the NHLPA are having discussions. Um, it's worth noting that the PA would have to sign off on anything that they put forward here. Um, and the Players Association isn't only going to com- uh, care about, you know, the style or the um, the the how the whole tournament or the playoffs would, would break down. They also want to know what the plan is to get them to wherever they're going because the NHL is planning on using probably two hub cities out of like the eight to 11 proposals they've had. Um, What kind of sanitation will there be? What kind of safety precautions will there be? What kind of testing is in place? Are they going to be able to get across borders? Um, Are they going to be able to get their European players home? Is playing in Canada going to be an issue? It's just a million different things. And also guys are going to say, hey, I don't want to risk my life. Mm -hmm there might be a guy with uh towards the tail end of his career with young kids and um and say hey my uh i don't want to leave my partner at home with the kids when you know the world's falling apart like that sucks and uh, i want to be home with my family so these are all things that that the nhl is going to have to consider and the nhlpa is going to have to consider so i'm very curious to see how that plays out but yes in general this is how the the, the proposed 2014 playoff um is shaping up and the caveat here is that absolutely nothing is solid. Nothing has been agreed upon. And this isn't like when we say that in the season about something like mundane, like literally nothing is solid right now. So please don't take this as gospel. So how does it work to get the NHLPA to agree? Like, do they need majority vote or do they need more than that to get the players on board? Um, I think... I imagine the players association would put a referendum out to the players and um, probably just look for a simple majority vote based on whoever responds because not everyone would, of course, um, and, and look at it that way. I'm not kind of I'm not sure exactly what power they have, whether the representatives on the PA would have like unilateral decision making power. Um, I don't think with something of magnitude they would like I'm just thinking back to the NFL like PA. A, more like a union sort of. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, because um, like with the NFLPA just had to agree to a deal before the pandemic started, and that was based on a majority vote, if I'm not mistaken, Brad. Not a hundred percent sure, if I'm being honest, because there's there's a lot of moving parts that I I just I don't even think anybody in the public knows how it works because, like we've said before, the vote goes to usually just the team reps, but in something like this, it, it might be an every player casts a vote to approve anything. So yeah, we, we don't, we don't even know what they're doing there. So I, I, I assume it's going to be a league proposal to NHLPA to vote to the NHLPA and then whatever. I just have a, I just, I don't know how that vote would go with the players. 
I, I don't have a pulse on it. And it, you don't really see too much of players campaigning to, to, to come back or to, to say no, they don't want to. I just don't know how that would go. Might just be like everything else in the NHL and be a coin flip. Well, I mean, and then you look at the the proposed tournament here. So they would they would take the top four seeds based on points percentage in each conference and give them buys through this whole play in portion of the the playoffs, which would be uh, Boston, Tampa, Washington, and Philly in the East, and then Colorado, Vegas, St. Louis, and Dallas in the West. Um, so they wouldn't play in this following part, but the rest of the playoffs would be in, in a hard bracket. So uh, in both conferences, five would play 12, six would play 11, seven would play 10, and eight would play nine. And so um, in the East, it'd be Pittsburgh and Montreal playing each other, and the winner would play the four seed, Carolina, and the Rangers would play, the winner of that would play the three seed, Islanders and Florida would play the two seed, and Toronto, winner of Toronto and Columbus would play the number one seed, which is Boston. <laughs> <laughs> So even in a season where the standings lined up with no pandemic, the Leafs had no chance of playing the Bruins are going to now play the Bruins unless they get bounced by Columbus. But they are going to beat Columbus because it is their destiny to get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs by the Boston Bruins. Even in a year where they avoid the Boston Bruins in the first round of the playoffs, they still technically play the Boston Bruins in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> so, and then these play-in series where like the winner plays uh, any of these um, top four teams with a bye, these play-in series are best of five, not best of seven. So it's still a considerable amount. Of, like, oh man, imagine playing a best of five and then a seven game series and then another seven game series. You have a chance at 33, a 33 game playoff if you're a team that goes all the way. Uh, and then West would be Edmonton versus Chicago would play the four seed. Nashville versus Arizona would play the three seed. Vancouver versus Minnesota would play the two seed. And Calgary versus Winnipeg would play the number one seed. So again, that's a proposal. It could change in a lot of ways. They're also talking about the top four seeds not just being stagnant because they want a, they want fresh legs or they want to shake off the rust because they haven't played hockey in some time. Uh, it's been a while since they've had actual in-game play. Um, so the team who had the play-in would almost have an advantage. Um, and B, they also want to have a little bit more jostling in play with um, the actual final seeding. So they would want teams to be able to, the top four teams to be able to play each other in kind of like a round-robin tournament is what I've seen put forward. Um to maybe work out what the the final one to four seating would be in each conference so it's not certain that toronto would have a chance at playing boston but destiny will make it that way toronto's going to play boston we don't know what path it's going to take to get there but toronto's going to play boston yep as so, it's, uh, foretold all of that considered am i being crazy by saying i kind of like it uh yeah it's i uh, well okay you like it from what stance okay look nothing is normal right now nothing is good nothing makes sense you can't really do much and if we're removing all of the like should we even be coming back to play or anything like that which obviously you can't just remove but just ignoring all of that it's kind of it kind of does reconcile those like last dozen or so games of the season and it does get them playing a good amount of hockey before the playoffs start unless you're one of the top four teams but then they still give you an opportunity to do that 
I don't know. It's goofy and it's wacky, but nothing's going to make sense right now. And if you want to see some kind of finish to this season or the, and see the Stanley Cup awarded, this seems like they're still preserving in the end a 16 team playoff. I'm kind of impressed. Okay. From a agent of chaos entertainment standpoint, chef's kiss. Love this. We're getting an extra playoff series. We're doing a hard bracket. We could see some weird matchups. We could see Boston Toronto version 8.0. Love it. Um, what they've also done here, is, and I already kind of mentioned it earlier, is they've almost rendered the regular season pointless. Other than to knock out seven teams, seven truly abysmal teams, the regular season accomplished nothing. A team that worked their way to a 1% chance at a playoff spot at this time of year now has uh, slightly worse than a coin flip chance of actually making the playoffs. And that goes for a lot of teams. Um, I would have, I think a round robin makes more sense. It, there's a little more fairness to it because then you're not including a team like Edmonton, who's a fifth seed, might not even play the playoffs. Um, again, same thing with Pittsburgh. Like Edmonton and Pittsburgh, think of the seasons they had, might not make the playoffs. Like I, I just, I can't as much as I'm agent of chaos and fun in games. I, I can't wrap my head around how anyone could accept that from a, a fairness standpoint. And again, I know I said, throw fairness out the window with the draft lottery, but this isn't the draft lottery. Um, I don't know. I just, mm, I, it's hard to win the Stanley cup, no matter what, and whatever team wins the Stanley cup. This year, they're going to truly earn it, but there's no way that people won't throw an asterisk next to it with this, even if it's the Bruins or Tampa or one of the St. Louis, like a one seed, because man, like what if there's risk? It's still a 16 team playoff well, in the end. There, there's a reality here. Like if you, I'm just looking at, um, hypothetically just trying to pick up one out of the blue here, looking at Vegas's bracket. Okay. They could go through Arizona, Minnesota, and Chicago to get to the cup final. There's a reality where that happens. Okay. Like, is it truly earned if you make a run through three non-playoff teams to get to the finals? There's um and I'm not also saying that's happen. That's I understand that's extremely low percentage. But even if they get one or two of those teams, it just won't feel right. It's funny because now that you say that, there's also realities here where any one of, you know, Toronto, um, <laughs> Toronto, Chicago, or, you know, Edmonton, or Pittsburgh losing their play in and draft Alexi Lafreniere. Uh, if the draft lottery includes all teams that don't go in, yeah, there's there's a reality. The Edmonton Oilers have a line next year of Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and Alexi Lafreniere. <laughs> Just delete the league. <laughs> Just delete the yeah. whole league. This whole... I, okay, I'm going to repeat myself. This whole thing is a pandemic, unprecedented. Everything is screwy and weird. And nothing is going to be a good answer. There's bad answers and there's worse answers. To me, this is a worse answer. Because, I mean... I just... I can't process... How this is fair. 
if a 20 team plan, sure. Those final four teams are close enough. You could argue given 10 more regular season games, they could have made it into the playoffs. Very likely the 11th and 12 seeds. You you can't make that argument for. They were, most of them were so far out of it. It wasn't going to happen. And because we're not doing best of seven series for the play in, Again, randomness, hockey's a random sport, and the less games you have, the randomness goes up. I mean, look at the matchups here. Again, there's there's a couple teams that had some very good seasons, but are notoriously unpredictable. Even though they're playing the 12th and 10th seeds respectively, do you have any faith in Edmonton and Vancouver winning those? I don't. I <laughs> they, they are all over the place in consistency, but they strung together good enough seasons to make the playoffs and now they might not it's it's dumb it's it's too much and i get it i will bet money if you flipped uh let me just look at this here let's flip teams let's flip montreal uh chicago and minnesota this is my next point yeah if we flip chicago and minnesota and montreal and florida in the standings we're not even having this conversation we're doing a top 20 no i I would bet the house on it the fact that montreal the Rangers, Chicago, and Winnipeg all stand to benefit from this. And like Winnipeg was in a, a nine seed, so I'm not saying they don't deserve to be considered. But you think of the size and just like the ferocity and passion in those in those markets, you'd be silly to say that has no no play in it. Like if this is only Florida's and only Columbus's and kind of some more fr- like Arizona's, just some more fringe markets, the, the NHL would not be talking about this. Montreal and Chicago being on the fringe is why they have pull with the draft lottery and it's why they have pull with this playoff system it's just reality for a a league where I mean this is every league right now but they're hemorrhaging money by not playing so they need to find ways to generate revenue now my counter to my own point there is that this gives us hockey and entertainment value just straight up entertainment value. I'm here for this. I am going to hate the shit out of this from a hockey purist standpoint, but I am going to watch every goddamn minute of it. And that's why they're doing this. They're getting money from those big markets and they know there isn't an idiot on the planet who won't watch this. That's a hockey fan. This will get a lot of non-hockey fans involved too. This ain't the NCAA March Madness bracket, but it's as close as the NHL is ever going to see. So, yeah, of course it's going to be fun. And you think that if Montreal ousts Pittsburgh, the 12 seed takes up the 5 to get the playoffs, you think I'm not going to laugh my ass off towards all Penguins fans on the next episode after that? Oh, you betcha I am. It's hockey. It's still hockey in the end. Uh, every argument that a Penguins fan comes back at me with, uh, oh, this is fair. This should have never happened. You're right. Still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've uh, I've been chatting with people and they were like, I think the only reason you would want the draft lottery to be early is uh, for the benefit for the Red Wings. I'm like, okay, the only reason I would want it personally is there's actually there's two. It's one, um, the benefit to the Red Wings and two content for the podcast. So it, it would give us some kind of normalcy in our schedule and give us stuff to talk about. But also like I, I do stand pat stand behind um what I think the benefits are that would bring the league. And the litmus test for that is you think of me, like you guys know me. I'm a hockey purist, I'm a traditionalist. I don't like when things change. 
Um, I hang on to traditions and, and the sport for far too long without reason sometimes. And I'm advocating for let's do silly season here. Let's do silly season with the draft. Let's do silly season with this with this playoff. Why not? Frick it, you know? You know, but silly season could get us uh, a Stanley Cup champion from a team that got swept by the 2019-20 Detroit Red Wings in the regular season. And then that team could also get Alexi Lafreniere and the Red Wings could pick sixth. And I never said I was kind to my future self. (laughs) I mean, mm, team chaos is fun, but also, you know, integrity is also a thing that is not at play right now. Well, we'll have plenty to talk about that um, in the coming episodes, I'm sure. Uh, And so we will revisit that. But for now, let's head over to our 2020 NHL draft date to be determined prospect profiles. And today's profile is Brad Hittum. Caden Gooley. Did you throw to me because you forgot who it was? No, I actually knew this time because I have all of my notes on Caden Gooley up. Fantastic. So Caden Gooley, um, as far as swing in draft rankings goes, this guy is on the extreme end of that. Um, I I've seen him as high as fringe top 10 in rankings and I've seen him and I've seen him as low as, uh, late second round. Yeah. I've seen, Uh, I've seen a lot of that. Just pulling up a ranking here. Okay. So seventh uh, from NHL Central Scouting among North American skaters. Uh, future considerations, 28th. Um, another <laughs> private ranking, 50th. Bob McKenzie's midseason rankings, 12th. ISS, 14th. And Dauber Prospects, 71. So that- try, trying to guess where Caden Gooley's going is trying to guess, like, is trying to guess when the 2020 draft is going to happen. We just don't know, and it's like throwing a dart. Um, okay, so sorry, I'm just going to jump back to something else here. Uh, we were just talking about this proposal and whether or not it was going to be voted on. Um, Chris Johnston just tweeted that um, the format that we just talked about that Elliot Friedman originally reported is being voted on uh, by the players right now. Ooh, yes. that's exciting. Yes. So yes. happy that we're recording now. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, if like, it wasn't for me and my golf, <laughs> we, would, we would have missed this by like half an hour. Yeah, so, we're we're recording literally an hour later than we thought we'd be. And we're still not going to get the news because it's going to come out to goddamn Morrow, the furthest possible point for us from another episode. Yeah, the results are so, going to come out tomorrow. So, um, of course, this would happen after dragging their heels for weeks. So, uh, <laughs> earmuffs, children, dear NHL, dear NHLPA, go fuck yourselves because Jesus, <laughs> can you just cut us one break? Just one. Throw us a crumb. Give us anything. We're begging for content. Begging. For any content, do you know how often we've talked about fairness in the draft lottery? How often we've talked about, oh, we could do this for the playoffs. We could do this. And you vote on it right as we're wrapping up an episode. Oh, I hate you bastards so much. Oh, you can all just get right fucked. (laughs) Well, uh, as you can see, Brad's return to work has him in a great mood. 
Uh, I appreciate you being the yelly one this episode. I'm uh, tired, cranky, and angry, and I know I'm getting up at six in the morning again tomorrow. So sorry. Let's talk about Caden Gooley. Um, I'll give you some time to cool off. Uh, I'm good. Okay. Yeah, well, you jump into it. So I, I talked about Gooley going all over the rankings and there being not even close to a consensus on where he should around where he should be picked. Why is that? It's because Caden Gooley is the type of prospect that is very divisive nowadays. It wasn't that long ago where offensive defensemen were the big, we don't know about them. Now the new offensive defenseman is defensive defenseman. This guy is a legit, terrific defender. All right, offensive upside, terrific skater, shoots left, loses points there. High profile, drafted first overall in the WHL Bantam draft. Hasn't fully lived up to that, but also hasn't been bad. What do you do with a limited offensive upside, but not none, defenseman who skates well and is extremely gifted into his own end you talked six overall (laughs) yes there it is no ours shot right that's worth at least one full round um (laughs) (laughs) we'll see where ghoulie goes again uh, teams value defensive play and skating other teams think defensive play can be taught and I mean, he's the wild card. Again, his offensive upside is better than people give him credit for. So when I say defensive defenseman, don't take that to mean incompetent offensively. He still had 40 points in 60-something games. It's not anemic, but it's not a strength. Yeah. So when you look at Caden Gooley, in my mind, you, you have a guy with a lot of tools that you like to see in a defenseman. He's big, but he skates extremely well. That's a huge plus. Um, he's... Also very smart in his own zone, extremely responsible defensively, like a very, very strong defensive player. Another big, big plus if you're drafting a defenseman. Um, You see some tools there where you're like, you should be a lot better of a player offensively. And I don't think he's like, you know, useless offensively. I just, I don't see enough there to justify like a first half of the first round uh, pick for Caden Gooley. But then you also factor in the fact that he's a defenseman and that'll shoot him up a little bit. Shoots left, so that's not... I know a lot of teams are looking for right-handed defensemen, but um, I mean, if you're the Red Wings and you have Caden Gooley available at 32, that's someone that you also have to strongly consider. Um, that's someone who could potentially slot into your top four uh, on the left side in the future. So yeah, imagine a Gooley cider first pair. So, but that, that's expecting a lot of Caden Gooley. If you want like a best case scenario for him, you have a guy who's probably got like Danny DeKaiser's offensive ability, like, not not there but also it's not something you can count on it'll be kind of a surprise when you see it um at the same time you're getting someone who can eat minutes be extremely uh, responsible defensively be an elite shutdown defender he's got like there's not really a lot hampering him in his development in terms of his skating or anything because he's an extremely strong skater and he's big so uh, he's an intriguing one not one that I would, you know, spend a lot of draft capital on, but I would understand if a team did. It would just be, a, it would be a really big swing in my mind. Seems like there's a lot more interesting players to take with your first round pick than him. I think if you really need a defenseman, they're all going to start falling off the board. Then you take them. But I just feel like there's way more enticing picks uh, from 15 onward than him. It it dep- again. This is the the thing with Gooley. 
philosophically, how do you think you can build a winning team? Because do you win more games if your defense, if your top four is full of Ryan Merkley's and Thomas Shabbat's, or do you win it if it's full of Mort Siders and Caden Gooley's? Because again, there is, I think in the analytics era, uh, the value of good defensive play has been severely underrated. And I think I'm even guilty of that. Like a defenseman who can absolutely defend gets terribly undervalued because a lot of the traditional defensive defensemen are inept offensively. So as good as Patrick Nemeth is defensively, he's so bad in the other end that it brings him to a bottom pair. You're but, lucky there's a quarantine because I could kiss you on the mouth right now. Oh, I re- no, I re- I retract everything I just said. But no, but but my point still stands. Like if you want to build your team from the blue line out with stingy defense and just shot suppression, yeah, you should absolutely pick Gooley at 32 if he's there. If you want to play a little more offensively, you figure you can teach defense, then yeah, he's probably not on your draft board till early third round. So I again, I I like the guy. If he's there at 32 uh, as as a Red Wings fan, I I'm absolutely very strongly considering him. Again, all things, who knows who else is still there. The fact he shoots left does make him a direct need for the Red Wings, which is um, just getting away from his overall prospect profile and talking specific team needs here. Yeah, Gooley fills a pretty big hole in the Red Wings farm system right now uh, that is pretty much only occupied by Chalosky and McIsaac at the moment. So, yeah, I, I mean... It'd be nice if uh, Johansson or a couple of the other lesser knowns, Cooper Moore, pan out, but you can't bank on those guys. So you got to kind of got to fill it. Um, I don't know. I, I think he's a big wild card in the draft. My gut's telling me he won't make it to 32 uh, because of pedigree, skating, and size and defensive ability. There are teams that still value that, but stranger things have happened. Yeah, and you mentioned some guys that the Red Wings have in their pipeline. Like Johansson is still like you'll you'll talk to a lot of scouts who will still tell you that he was probably one of the best defensemen taken not in the first round in that draft and could be one of the top defensemen in that draft when things are all said and done. So um the Red Wings have taken their swings on the left side as well. So if they passed on Gooley, I'm not sure I'd be terribly upset because in my mind he'd be a swing. Like you don't really draft Gooley with it, uh, one of your first two around picks unless you think that he can play on your top pair or at least push for it. And in my mind, I'm not so confident in that um, where I would want yet another, and this isn't slander towards Moritz Sider, um, but another you know defenseman that you're expecting top pair play out of who would need to make some pre- pretty significant leaps and bounds to get there. Now, by all rights, Moritz Sider is making those leaps and bounds, which is why he's been, um, to this point, a pretty big success for the Red Wings in terms of that draft pick, ignoring anyone else, anyone else that they could have taken and what they're doing. Like, you can't be mad at Moritz Sider right now. There's still a long ways to go, but it, it's looking good. Do you want Lightning to strike twice? And I'm not saying they take him with their top four pick, which is, like, that's just, like, it's not happening. We're not talking about Kaden Gooley in the first round here. But if you're talking a late first, early second round pick, you take that swing and you you get it, you look great. If you miss it, did you really just waste that draft capital on another guy when you had someone of his the, the kind of the same mold just shooting the opposite direction already in your pipeline? A little bit of a tangent. 
I really, really value elite shutdown defensemen. I value minute-eating defensemen. Um, I value strong skaters with size. I think he'd be really, a really, really intriguing prospect. I wouldn't want him. Obviously, wouldn't want him sooner than 32. It's not like the Red Wings have a pick in that range. Um, but if a team takes him earlier than that, in my mind, they're taking a calculated risk. So, all right. Uh, we have a pretty thick question or set of questions on overtime today. So we are going to head over to overtime. This is a midweek episode. So this will be Patreon exclusive. Um, we'd like to say thank you to our Patreon subscribers. We mean it when we say that you guys allow us to keep this show going just regularly. Like you're, you make this whole thing possible. You are the winged wheel podcast. Uh, but during quarantine, like <laughs> this show would not have gone on without you. So, um, thank you guys so, so much. Um, and one of the things that we do to recognize patrons is read out their comments, uh, exclusively from week episodes on overtime. So we're going to start with Jake Kiefer. He says, if McDavid and Dreisaitl stay with Edmonton long-term, is Leon going to become the Malkin slash Backstrom 2.0, a player who will never be fully appreciated due to them being the second best on their own team? Absolutely, he will. Yes. Yeah, 100%. I'm not sure he'll be as good as Malkin, but yeah, 100%. Oh, he'll be maybe maybe in the top 200 players of all time. <laughs> uh, D-Lark says, hey guys, if you had to pick one former Red Wing to come back to Detroit as a head coach... Who would it be and why? I would love to see Larianoff or Zetterberg behind the bench. I just think both are such smart hockey players with great leadership. Nicholas Lidstrom, arguably the smartest hockey player of all time, not named Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, Larianoff just got extended somewhere in Russia. I can't remember where it is off the top of my head, so he won't be coming back soon. Um, I would like to see him back. I agree with Brad Lidstrom just by how smart he is. Um, and I also think your point of Zetterberg is good because Zetterberg was a pretty vocal guy in the room. I mean, he challenged Babcock a lot, which at the time people thought maybe wasn't so smart. But looking back, he probably had really great reasons. So uh, that's something that I would, uh, I would probably How about Gerard Gallant? Does that he count? Gonna, that was going to be uh, my next one. <laughs> you guys are much funnier than me. Uh, YBK says, good morning, my favorite dingbats. Hello to Evan as well. Um Number one, Ryan, be honest. How pissed were you regarding Slippy G? Slippy G. I don't know what that is. I have no idea what Slippy G is. Am I missing something obvious here? Uh, number two, we've heard you guys talk about the young prospects in the Detroit Pipeline, Ciders, Dean of Leno, McIsaac, etc. Who would you rate as the top seven prospects in the Detroit Pipeline in terms of best case potential, and what would the ceilings be for each of them? Oh, man. Uh... Okay, Cider, number one shutdown D with good offensive upside. Phillips Zadina, I mean, top line scoring winger, 30-ish goals. Uh, Valeno, number two C, two-way player, plays power play penalty kill. Berggren, second line scoring winger, maybe 50, 60 points a year. Uh, McIsaac. Yeah, uh I'll say a number three defenseman, really good on the PK. Some offense uh, out of him would be nice. How many is that? Five? That's six, I believe. Uh, I guess it's only fair to throw Philip Larson in there because we still need a number one goaltender. And um, Raw, all the tools still there, still have big hopes for him, even though he's a project. I mean, anti Tuomisto is still very intriguing, even though we don't necessarily agree with that pick yet. With where he went, I mean, uh, six foot, a million, 
right-handed shooting defenseman who can skate and has really good offensive instincts, yeah, there's there's some home run potential for a number one power play quarterback there with uh, Tuo Misto. So let's hope he keeps developing. Uh, Brad, don't die at work. Seriously, it's what us Koreans call a dog's death. Ryan, don't mm. die of alcohol poisoning, despite what we would like to believe. Alcohol does not immunize you from COVID-19. Well, shit. Uh, Evan, don't die on the golf course. It ruins the landscape. Stay safe, dingbats, and may the odds ever be in Detroit's. I'm sorry, I can't finish that sentence with a straight face. RC Tendy says, just read the article in The Athletic, uh, ranking every game the Wings lost by four or more. Ouch. I'm really hoping we don't have another season like we just had ever again. They can be bad, just not that bad. Let's say the Red Wings get kind of screwed this year by the lottery and they end up taking Stutzla, Rossi, or Raymond. Then next year we get screwed again and take a player like Luke Hughes. We'd be lucky if he's half as good as his brother is. I'd say the rebuild would be in a lot better shape by then, but it's still a few years out from contention until Hughes would be good enough to be paired with a guy like Sider. They would still be missing another top six talent, more defensive depth, and goaltender, assuming Larson or Petrozelli don't get any better in the next two years. I'm hopeful this can get turned around quickly if we hit on the right picks and clear some cap space to bring in good support players to fill out the rest of our young skilled lineup. Yeah, I mean, if that's how it rolls and they select more guys in like the three to six range than the one to two or one to three range, then you're looking at a middling timeline you're you're not looking at three years for for playoff contention you're looking at four and beyond so it's an astute point um nick putty says hey guys let's assume all the recent playoff picture news is still just talk and jump right into off-season mode until further notice so what's your biggest innocent pet peeve for example one of mine would be when someone stops something heating up the microwave with two seconds left and then just leaves the two seconds on the microwave without clearing it out bonus points for whoever is at work that also just leaves the door open as well huh biggest, biggest pet pet peeve? peeve yeah that's like not actually like it's not like don't turn like not turn signaling because that's an actual dick move but just like something a little bit more minor slow walkers oh slow walkers oh man um i'm having trouble with this answer not because i can't think of one because i can't narrow the list down so if i'm gonna go like minor we all love to pretend to be MJ or Kobe anytime we have something in our hand and there's an object we can throw it into. So if I see a piece of clothing on the floor within five feet of your laundry basket, I assume you're a garbage person. I'm doing fadeaways every single time. A hundred percent. But clean up your rebounds. Come on. Be like Shaq. Um, I hate, I, I like, it's a thing. I don't like watching people eat or hearing people eat. Like it drives me nuts, but especially like, hearing people force reactions to tasting food it like i want to throw up and die that's mm. yeah no no like that actually i can't it drives me it's so gross i don't want to hear it and i know i'm weird i know it's a lot but it just doesn't sit well with me and it's funny because oh, i watch a lot Ryan. of food no i've oh he's got you relay is to die for him oh oh i mm. <laughs> don't yum. know what you're missing you should have ordered the steak it's to die for uh mm. liz b says hey if we or if we don't get some draft or return to play news this week we're gonna lose it just give us anything something please also since the nhl is uh all about doing the draft lottery fairly this season assuming they go with the 2014 playoff uh we should expect those participating teams to be excluded from the lottery participation and eh, maybe not i mean it's only the only fair way to do it not sure why a team should be able to get into the playoffs and the draft lottery no matter how unusual the circumstances 
Uh, Jake Nagy says, after reading Akima Lu's piece in the Players Tribune this, w- Tribune this week, I was reminded again of how much racism uh, people of color have to face with the hockey world and how many obstacles they have to fight through to enjoy the game we all love. With that in mind, I wanted to take a second to share my appreciation for Ryan and his voice in the hockey community. Ryan, I'm sure you've had to, or I'm certain you've fought through adversity, adversity and hate, and you're a bright example of what hockey media and the game itself should be. Much love for myself and all the other Winged Wheel podcast listeners who will always have your back. That um, that means a lot. Like I genuinely, like really, really appreciate that. Um, wasn't expecting that message at all. So thank you, Jake. Um, it's an extremely kind thing to say. And yeah, you know what? We didn't talk about the that article. It just completely forgot about it actually in terms of our notes um but it's worth some attention uh i'm a person of color and i think i had it easy like in terms of what i know a lot of other people in my situation have gone through um but i can still point to a hundred different situations where i went through the same not the same but like the same category of bullshit that akimalu or uh, other players who are from a visible minority went through um it's a sad reality that uh, we have to still address and like this is the game we know and love. Like I bleed hockey. Like I love this sport. It's one of the biggest things in my life besides ripping on Brad. Um, and I'm happy this is getting more of a voice now. And I'm happy that people are, are giving it the time and attention. And, and I'm happy that people like you, Jake exist, who are willing to uh, stand behind people who, who have to go through adversity unnecessarily. And you know what? I'm not going to martyr myself. I, I have not gone through anything that Akeem Lou went through, but um, it's not, it's not been easy. Um, and there's, you know, not being, being a person of color in any kind of uh, minority setting is, is shitty. So um, it's, it's good to see people rallying around that. And it's good to see um, you recognizing that. So I uh, really appreciate it. And thank you for, for prompting to bring it up. Um, all right, we're going to uh, <laughs> just come back into this. We we lost connection again. I cannot wait till quarantine is over. <laughs> I'm so tired of editing episodes based on lost network connections. I'm hardwired, so I don't I don't get it. I, I was anyway, going to make a joke. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. You no, lost your is, joke privilege, Brad. No, this isn't uh, <laughs> an appropriate one. Uh, we were. I was going to say it's like Ryan's hardest time. Uh, in the hockey community hasn't actually come uh, from the color of his skin. It's just been dealing from the idiocy uh, <laughs> that Evan and I throw at him on a daily basis. <laughs> and then as I was about to make that joke, Squadcast actually booted him out and created more work for him tonight. So not only um, are Evan and I in on the Ryan troll, uh, the internet is now as well. I have learned so much about video and audio editing because of you two. <laughs> You're welcome. Alex- Over this entire quarantine, not once has one edit you have made been my fault. Not that's, once. That's decidedly untrue. Uh, before the last 30 seconds. I'm, <sighs> my connection's been solid the entire time. I've not cut out once, and I've kept the... Um, We'll call them unkempt jokes to a minimum. Alex Zucco says, hi, fellas. A question on one of your favorite topics, goalies. Which of the UFA goalies do you think would be the best fit to play with Bernier? I personally have taken a liking to Laner, uh, mainly because of his age. He's only 28 and relatively strong numbers the last few seasons with the Blackhawks and Islanders. Would love to hear your thoughts. Thanks, as always. All things being equal, yeah, Leonard's the answer. Uh, contracts being factored in, no, nah, he's going to probably price himself out of Detroit. And 28 is younger than most of the UFA goalies on the market, but that is not 
young. So again, we have to look at what you think Detroit's eventual window to contention is going to be. And I think Leonard even himself ages himself out of that. So I think the best fit is whatever goalie can be a competent stopgap for cheap. Yep. Uh, Alex uh, Poposik. I'm sorry if I said that wrong one of those times. Uh, he says, hey, guys, I've been a listener since last year's draft. And now, now that I'm saving gas money by not driving to work, I figured I'd finally become a patron. Well, much appreciated, man. And please uh, confirm to me how to say your name so I don't uh, scare you away from becoming a patron. But uh, just just a thought. Don't let him struggle. <laughs> Since we've all been without hockey for what feels like five years now, I've been wanting to play some NHL video games. So naturally, I busted out my copy of 2K11 for the Wii. It got me thinking, what was the first hockey video games you guys remember playing? Pretty sure my first video game was NHL Breakaway for the N64 and none other than Stevie Y was on the cover. Thanks for finding a way to create content in the middle of this pandemic. I'm old, so mine was actually NHL 94. Yeah, 94 and 96 were probably my first ones. I think 98 was mine, 98 or 99. Oh, 98 was the one I probably played the most with Forsberg on the cover. Yeah, it was Forsberg. It was 98. Yeah, I played that one a lot on my OG PS1. Uh, Joseph Delia says, Sup, my dudes. Let's say Turcotte fell last year and the Wings picked him up this year and we uh, picked him up and this year we take four or pick fourth and take Drysdale. Which combination would you prefer? Turcotte and Drysdale or Cider plus whoever we want at four this year? Um, I like the forwards better this time around, so I would go Cider and Stutzler or Raymond. Yeah, the fact that you, you're guaranteed one of Stutzler or Raymond swings that in my mind, but don't discount what Jamie Drysdale contributes to this argument. Don't discount what Mo Cider contributes to this argument. Oh, but that's fair. Red Wings are familiar with Mo Cider. I'm just talking. I'm just, you know. Listen, man. Listen. There's only uh, so many six foot four right handed shooting Germans here, okay? Is there a uh, is there a Patreon for the new Ryan Hannah Prick show? What days will you guys be posting? What's the show about? Only kind of serious. Thanks, guys. Oh, man, you've been in it. Dead Panda Society asks again, how many holes does a straw have? Please elaborate. Um, I forget what I said. I said something stupid just to piss you off last time. Two holes. It's one hole. One hole. It's one hole. I don't know, Evan. This is your caliber question. It's one uh, hole. I think it. it's two because it has an intake and an outtake side. Yeah. Yeah, I'll say one that. One continuous connection, though. Okay. All right. Your mouth and your butthole. How many holes is that? Uh, there are dividers in between. So nope, that is it's two a holes. continuous system. No, it is not. Yes, it's a continuous you've got system. Your Brad. intestines, you've got your stomach, your it's all continuous. Brad, th- I studied this. The flow, your the flow of liquid could be stopped at any moment because of your what is it? Uh, diaphragm from your mouth to your butt is technically external to the or it's external to your body. It is part of the external environment. Scientifically, that's a fact. This is true, and I understand what you're saying entirely. But there are stops in the middle, and the whatever it enters changes. So, uh, no, it's not the same. Hope Robot says Ryan that drink is pronounced Michelada. Thank you because I know I was saying it wrong. Uh, Michelada, but you're right. It it is apparently delicious. My husband loves him some Micheladas. That I will even more pretentious. Don't say that. I will say it because Hope Robot um, is a patron, and you give me nothing in life, Brad. Uh, <laughs> I, give, I give you pictures of adorable children. 
That's true. But they'll grow up someday. And then what will you be? Um, the older, more annoying, exact replica of them. I hate that. <laughs> I, I think you forget, you know, you, you know what Mika's like as a, well, she's going to be four next week. Uh, and, and she's a, she let's not forget the, the one that's not talking yet is a boy. He's even more likely to turn out exactly like me. Uh, just your average Tej says, "What's up, guys? I won't be listening to this or to this until late Friday, as I have about a three-hour drive from my national paramedic exam, which I'm extremely nervous uh, for. You guys help calm the nerves, as strange as that sounds. I listen to you guys while studying all through school, so maybe hearing you will help me. Anyway, since uh, since we can have anything nice lately, since we can't have anything nice lately, let's hear you guys' funniest moments with each other. Hashtag Safe Fresh Cheese Bags. Um, first of all, good luck on your exam, and I hope." we don't uh contribute negatively or at least we can help calm you before funniest moments um one of them has to be when brad tried to tell me that him and crystal were having a baby and i just didn't get it for like 15 seconds that was that was funny are we we talking funniest moment from us or just in podcast history like i don't know just from us like our time together as friends i don't think uh, I would imagine that happened on the podcast, though. Oh, okay. I was going to say, because the funniest in the podcast history is it is and will forever be the macaroni story. No, oh, the macaroni story, yes. Absolutely. The macaroni story? You, yeah. Oh, Steve. It's when Steve Dangle was in, you weren't there that day. Yeah, he came over to my house after his book signing. We recorded an episode, and he told the story about uh, Taylor Hall scoring an OT winner in Barry, and... You know what? I can't. I can't spoil that story. You got to go back, find it, and listen to it because it's worth it. I haven't listened to one of our episodes since like the first month <laughs> ever. <laughs> um, Adam Cowsert says, "Hey guys, joined Patreon just to support the pod. Hey Adam, we really appreciate it, and welcome to the Dub Dub." He says, "Keep up the good work, and thanks for helping me uh, keep saying during the pandemic." But to more important stuff, Ryan, if you had to compare your Rocket League game to one NHL player, who would it be? Oh, who can't tie their skates? Danny DeKaiser would be generous, honestly. Like I'm, I will get up to gold three, and then if you check in an hour later, I'll be at silver three. Like I, uh, I don't know. I'm not that great. I don't do aerials either. Like I don't play. I I play in like. That's where the sports. real. That's yeah. how you know someone's for real is when they boost into the air and they start doing crazy shit i was plat for like 40 minutes of my life and it went away so fast stay home cheese bags of fornia company says hey there fellows so what's the league gonna do here um what the league is gonna do here is have a draft lottery for the seven non-playoff teams where the wings will slide down to third there will be another draft a second one involving the 15 teams who would not have made the playoffs in the regular uninterrupted format the wings will slide down to third again the league will take those combined results three plus three equals six we're at red wings draft six illuminati confirmed epstein didn't kill himself carol baskin stop what you're doing and binge bojack horseman right now you have have yourself two or seven micheladas break into your neighbor's house and steal their tv if you have to glue your eyelashes to the tv screen and don't blink bojack Oz good for hall of fame stay home cheese bags 
Stephen Clary says, hey, guys, a little surprise. Everyone jumps straight to Toronto as a team to be the last team to face uh, and 10th team to be in the expanded playoffs slash wings fight for first. Personal pick would have been the Habs getting to rub it in their faces of sweeping the season plus knocking them out of the playoffs and guaranteeing taking the French Canadian kit to boot. Chef's kiss. Anywho, Ryan, question for you. What software are you using to make gifts for games? Uh, long, long ago when there were games. I've been trying to gift some gaming slash motorsports, but can never compress my files to Twitter-friendly size. Stay safe out there, lads, and pray to the hockey gods and smile upon all of us soon. I've honestly used like 14 different methods, um, but if you want, DM me on Twitter and I can try to walk you through what I do. Uh, Sam Bankston says, just a comment, boys. The homeowner of the lake house and building uh, housed Ernie when he played juniors in Indianapolis, and now he's a close family friend. I may get to meet him this summer on the lake. Get him on the pod. Hope to see you on Chell soon. Later. And last comment here is from the Ryan Hanna Prick Show. He says, hello, inferior podcast talkie show people. Since there's no hockey, what are you even doing every episode? I haven't listened, but I assume just yelling and whining uh, a lot like soft, good old Ontario boys, except Kevin, who is probably asleep at the wheel again or practicing putting inside. I would like to take this opportunity to announce that the Ryan Hanna Prick Show, a brand new podcast, will be dropping soon. I would encourage everyone to become a patron as soon as possible. On my show, we will, you know, do it good and such. And as an added bonus, we don't have Rob Cop show. Due to our sources, we also know exactly what's happening with the draft. So tune in to find out before 31 Thoughts tells you instead. Jersey time. I'm running out of ideas, but uh, bring back an old alternate jersey or old design for a team that hasn't been done. As an example, the Blue Eagles cap jersey from the 90s. Also, this is a cease and desist letter as Stay Fresh Cheese Bags have now signed on as exclusive primary sponsor of the Ryan Hanna Prick Show. Please find another catchphrase to use instead. That's funny. Best throwbacks to use that haven't been brought back in recent memory. Uh, I mean, the cheap answer here is the um, Nordiques for Colorado. Yeah, but there's talks those are coming back now for... But it hasn't happened yet. That's true, but that's not... Mm, does that count? I feel like that shouldn't count. Uh, angry uh, Detroit Barber Pole. North Stars from Minnesota. Oh, hell yeah. Would love a North Stars jersey back. How about Buffalo's Black and Reds? That's what I just said, the Angry Go-Head. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, why Las not? Las Vegas brings back the Flamingo jerseys. <sighs> That's the dream. We hardly knew ye. Uh, what else is there? Are there any like good ones that we're missing here? I don't love any of Edmonton's like non jerseys or jerseys that they don't like have now. Like anything that they aren't wearing now, I didn't love. Ooh, I got a good one that hasn't come back in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, for an alternate Ranger Statue of Liberty. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I love the Statue of Liberty one. And go back to the 2D Senator Ottawa, please. For the love of God, just do it. All right, and with that, we will wrap this episode of the Winged Wheel Podcast so the hockey world can dump a bunch of news on you the moment you're listening. We'd like to thank all of our listeners, our patrons, for allowing the show to continue, our name-level sponsors, uh, the septic tank of that bitch, Carol Baskins, uh, new name-level sponsor, Jeremiah Dobo. Thank you so much, and welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Arjun Shanker, Jake Kiefer, Bye Felicia, Dead Panda Society, Brad Smith, Andrew Bohan, Scott Martin, Kayla Thompson, Jacob Turner, Matt McKay, Brandon M., Matthew M. Rice, Luke Johnson, Ryan Lewis, Langabeer, Clayton Van Dyken, Kaylin Wood, Hassam Alkasem, Charlie Elkins, Hannah Lee, 
Josh Rosnowski, Alex Ott, Chris Frank, Connor Leighton, Danny Jr., Matthew Keeler, Craig Kibble, Simon Anderson, Antonio Gracias, John Evans, K. Waz, and Stan Olson. We love you all so much. We will see you on Sunday, and hopefully things haven't gotten too crazy by then or maybe they have i don't know thanks for tuning in to the winged wheel podcast be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com where you can subscribe to the show on itunes spotify or wherever you get your podcasts you'll also find links to other ways to support the show such as patreon official podcast apparel and more and don't forget to follow the show on twitter at winged wheel pod and of course the hosts at brad crisco at ryan hannah wwp and at hockey town evan